0: Ramble. One guaranteed way to make me cry is just remind me of the lifespan of dogs compared to most humans. Listen, my dogs, Mango, I know, Rotten Mango, and Tiger have been with me since before I started YouTube, before this podcast, and I truly don't know where I would be without them. But like, all I can do right now is spend time with them, take care of them so that they live the happiest and healthiest life that I can give them. Farmer's dog is such a huge part of that. Farmer's dog makes it easy to keep your dogs healthy, which can give you more quality years with them so farmer's dog they make and deliver fresh healthy dog food and it's recommended by vets my vet literally recommended me farmer's dog it's nutritionally balanced and made from human grade ingredients in safe clean kitchens Tiffany has been bringing cola her french bulldog over and she keeps some of his food at her house she said that she's been having such a hard time trying to get him to eat so I offered her some of mango's food to give to him she was amazed she said that she's never seen cola so pumped for food farmer's dog is the best option for dogs at all life stages because it's it's not kibble it's not canned goop it's real food with traditional dry or even wet food options they're extremely processed i mean i can hardly understand the ingredients that go into it and it's really hard to portion it's difficult to understand if my dogs are getting the nutrients that they need farmer's dog comes pre-portioned and it's based on my dog's unique nutritional needs so mango and tiger they eat different meals and it's so cool farmer's dog is like human grade food in safe kitchens. My dogs have been on Farmer's Dog for years now, ever since Mango was diagnosed with an autoimmune disease. And I just noticed so many changes. They've got a healthier coat, healthier skin, their breath is better. And right now you can get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash Mango. Let the Farmer's Dog know that we sent you. So use our code or click podcast after you sign up for your first box. That's 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash Mango.
1: Bada bing, bada boom.
0: <laughs> oh my God. You know, I always wondered what it would be like to be talking to someone that is so talented at what they do. Yeah. a big, butter, boom, bits. Welcome to this week's episode. You know, I need to stop watching TikTok. I need to stop letting TikTok influence the cases that I get obsessed with. Because here's what's going on. I saw a couple people on TikTok, which is an app. If you guys don't have it downloaded, I was the same as you. I was sitting there like, I'm so cool for this. Like, I don't, I don't need TikTok. TikTok needs me. But now I can't live without it okay so there were a lot of people what they do is they do voiceover so you upload this sound and you kind of you know do a voiceover you move your lips but it's still the original sound so mm-hmm. it just looks like you're saying it and li- people love to lip sync songs on it it's like a cool app right yeah, it's
1: lip sync not voice-over. Oh, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, like lip sync and they started um i saw a couple people i don't know if this is a big trend but i saw a couple people on my for you page who were lip syncing to an interview moment and i was like oh my god the interview goes something like this I took him to my house, I walked him down the street, I don't know why the media acts like the motherfucker couldn't walk, he walked very well. I walked him upstairs, kicked his ass, and killed him. And that is the real interview of an actual killer. Angela Simpson. It's going to get really crazy. Like she straight up has some of the craziest interviews that I've ever seen in my entire freaking life. I mean, there's something oddly just strange about her. I mean, I've watched all of like the serial killer interviews that we have. Like I've seen all of those. But Angela Simpson is just an oddball. Because you have questions. I mean, for certain serial killers, I feel like they're putting on a show. They're playing into a part, you know. They're doing the absolute most. Other serial killers, it's like they don't give a fork. They just actually seem that psychopathic. With Angela, I have no idea. I'm just all over the board with her. Like, one day I'll wake up and be like, this bitch was putting on a character for everyone. And then another day I'll wake up and be like, nope, she could have totally become the next female serial killer if they didn't catch her in time. It's just the most confusing thing. So she killed someone for whatever reason that she did that we'll get into. And they asked, what if you were wrong? What if if this person wasn't this evil person that you thought he
1: was? Mm -hmm. And
0: she straight up says, oops, if he wasn't.
1: And I oop. (laughs) She said,
0: and I oop. I mean, we're going to get into her iconic interview moments. Um, Some of them get real crazy. Like someone's like, hey, you know, it's crazy that women don't commit crimes this heinous. This is usually the domain of men. And she says, that's unfortunate. Equal opportunity, definitely so um let's get started. It all starts August 5th, 2009 in Phoenix, Arizona. So the police get a call at around 5 in the morning from the local church and they say, hey, uh, we've got like this dumpster can that's just on fire in the parking lot. Like, I don't know what happened. I didn't set it on fire. I don't know who did. I don't know if someone put something here, set it on fire and then drove away. But anyways, can you please send the fire department? So the fire department arrives at the scene. They start putting out the fire like they do. And then all of a sudden they realize, wait a minute, this is not some prank. Like we were expecting some teenagers who came like hee hee ha dumpster fire at the church right but um no they start smelling some things they're like we know this smell this is not the smell that we want to be smelling right now these are the smells of a literal charred remains of human like this is not this is not a dumpster fire so they call the police the police arrive at the scene and they too are like yes indeed there is a body inside of this barrel and that he has been lit on fire
1: inside of like a trash can barrel thing
0: and so they take the body out they the only really thing that they can get from this is that this is a body of a male they think that this male is caucasian um but nothing else i mean he was really really badly charred at this point he was obviously deceased he had an electrical cord around his neck that was still evident in all of this right his body was partially dismembered so his legs were missing and immediately the police are like this is a gruesome murder scene like this someone just got brutally murdered we need to figure this out especially because it happened in the back of like a church parking lot now obviously they don't think that the murder itself happened there there wasn't like a shit ton of blood or anything but the fact that the body was left at a church mm-hmm. the community is going to get riled up they're going to be panicked they're going to be wanting answers so they start trying to identify him all of his teeth were gone it looked like someone had um, just like pulled out his teeth it wasn't it wasn't any good dental work it didn't look like he naturally lost his teeth of old age it looked like someone went in there and just yanked his teeth out a lot of his fingerprints were burnt from um being set on fire so it's kind of confusing i tried to look into it because i do know that when someone their remains get set on fire that your fingerprints do burn off mm-hmm. but in this situation for some reason i have a feeling that maybe it was they like you know, try to burn it off before. So they were able to actually fragment together, like, one fingerprint. I don't know how they do this. I don't know how they were able to pull off, like, a full fingerprint. It didn't look super easy, where it was just like, oh, out of the ten, there was, like, this one that wasn't burnt. Like, they did some work there. They did some forensics works. Now, finally, it comes down to a man by the name of Terry Neely, who is 46 years old. Now, the autopsy on Terry Neely is kind of what gets the police even more alarmed. If they weren't already alarmed at the fact that someone was lit on fire in the church parking lot like they were freaking alarmed at this point because it was an incredibly gruesome murder so most of the wounds that Terry had on his body they were inflicted when he was still alive so he had multiple blunt force trauma wounds to the head he actually had a three inch nail stuck inside of his head and his skull and it actually penetrated into his brain just stuck there so in between his eyebrows someone had hammered in a three inch nail and this was while he was alive yeah he had like a three inch nail in in his skull in his brain he had over 50 plus stab wounds and these most of these were inflicted while he was alive none of these stab wounds were fatal by itself and they also know that a ton of these wounds were in the process of healing so it seemed like someone had tortured him for days like it looked like someone had tortured him on day one and then day one wounds started healing day two more wounds were inflicted and chronologically it just seemed like it was a very very torturous evil evil death now remember his teeth yeah Mm -hmm. just messily pulled out that's what the autopsy showed it looked like someone had just yanked them out it did not look like clean dental work it didn't look like they had fallen out of old age his throat had been slit but not to the point of killing him so it i mean this again indicates that he was alive when all of this happened and his official cause of death was strangulation by that electrical cord Now, who is this man and why would someone want to kill him like this? I mean, you're talking about such a passionate crime. This isn't the type of crime that someone's like, oh, you stepped on my foot. I'm going to kill you. Like, no, nobody does that. Like this person must have some of the scariest enemies out there, right? Mm -hmm. The only thing that the police immediately could find out is that he is actually a disabled man. He's a paraplegic. He usually roams around town in like a motor motorized wheelchair. Mm -hmm. Now, I saw some sources say that he could walk, but it was incredibly painful. For him to do it. I saw some other sources that said he could walk, but it just like wasn't good for his health. So he didn't walk, right? He just like preferred to use the motorized wheelchair, which everything's completely fine about it. There's not really a debate. Mm. He lived in a care facility in Phoenix, Arizona, and so the police are like, we gotta go there. We gotta ask them so many freaking questions. What the fork's going on? So they go to the care facility and I mean, I don't know how assisted living homes work and I don't know what type of um, maybe different people have different statuses, you know, like maybe some people are like, OK, like you really need to be assisted during your living situation. So like we're going to be watching you 24 seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it's like, but nobody called the police because they said that he had been missing for like three days. Mm. So there was no report that Terry Neely Had left the assisted living home So I don't know the structure of it If you can just walk in and out of this place right
1: You know sometimes as long as um, The payment is up to date
0: Oh my god yeah <laughs> so dark but it's so true These places yeah. they do not care Some of them some of them I'm not saying all yeah. of them but some of them they just do not care So they go and they get all this information Now the one thing that they could rule out is None of the facility people are involved None of the staff none of the nurses None of the other you know patients if you call all them right were involved because they were all at the care facility they all had alibis and none of them really knew terry like that they all said he's kind of like this private person he's we haven't really you know we never talked about his family we never talked about anything he just kind of was here i mean he was nice but i didn't really get to talk to him nobody really knew much about terry so they start looking at all of the cctv at this assisted care center and -hmm. they see at august 2nd 8 p.m he leaves Now, they couldn't see which direction. They couldn't see if someone was waiting for him across the street. They just know that he left in his wheelchair and never came back. And he ended up, you know, being burnt in the church parking lot. So the police start looking for more clues. And the main one is they really wanted to find that wheelchair because it wasn't in the church parking lot. So they're yeah. like, I mean, this is going to tell us where he is. Now, while they're doing that, crime must go on. Crime doesn't stop because the community stops. You know, the community is in mourning. They're in grief. And all of these people are scared. They're nervous. What's going on in Arizona, right? But criminals still got to be doing what criminals do. So Angela Simpson, who's 36 years old at the time, and her good friend, Edward McFarlane, they get arrested for armed robbery. Now, Edward has, um, just to kind of tell you what kind of person this guy is, you <laughs> We both
1: like, of them got arrested.
0: Yeah, for armed okay. robbery. He calls himself like the, I don't know if this is even a slur, but he calls himself C-R-A-C-K-E-R. Like that's his nickname. That's what everyone knows him by. And in a lot of, you know, sources, you'll see he's referenced as his nickname instead of Edward McFarland. But I'm just going to call him Edward. All right. So they get arrested. And the police, they're trying to deal with this armed robbery situation. They're trying to deal with who the hell killed Terry. And all of a sudden they start getting tips. And they say, hey, you know Angela? there's this woman named Angela and she was actually really good friends with that Terry dude. I saw them together multiple times. I saw them hang out together. Maybe she's a good lead. I don't know that he has any friends or family, but you know, I do know that around town he's seen with this woman named Angela. And so they're like, Oh, this is amazing. Like we literally already have her in custody. So we're just going to ask her about it. Now, Mm -hmm. when they sit down with her, she just spills the beans. She doesn't even, and I think this is why maybe this isn't the most talked about case or like one of the most infamous cases, Even though the interviews are just so mind-boggling, it's because it's so hard to find information on their childhoods. I couldn't really find much about Terry Neely. Like, barely anything. Which is kind of shocking. Mm -hmm. I feel like people know her interview tapes... But it, did, it doesn't seem like a situation where, you know, people were interviewed, a lot of family yeah. members came forward, and, like, the whole picture wasn't put together. I don't even think, really, the police looked into it that hard after they got a verdict. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just weird. What we do know is that Angela and Terry were somewhat friends. So, Angela, she was a sex worker, she was also addicted to drugs, and she just wasn't in the best part of her life at that moment. It seems like they met because he was a client of hers, and mm-hmm. he lived, like, maybe a block away from where she was working, so It just kind of happened, right? Now, slowly, they start becoming friends, according to Angela. They start, you know, they have a couple things in common. They both spent some time in prison. They both had some criminal records. It seemed like Terry was trying to give up that crime life, you know. And Angela, she was still actively going around committing burglaries and armed robberies and all of that to kind of fuel her drug addiction. And Terry just seemed to kind of like Angela. He thought, this is a good friend I could have. Now, one day, I don't know if this was after... After sex, I don't know if this was just in the middle of like dinner or lunch. I really don't know if they were even that close because Angela is, she's very vague about everything. And she claims that they were sitting there one day and he said, you know, I could tell you something. I could tell you that, you know how cops do raids around here and -hmm. they just like bust through the door and they try to arrest people. I can warn you before they raid this place. And she's like, and how would you do that? And he's like, well, I have some connections. I have some connections with law enforcement. Yeah. You know, a lot of people in prison, they're in prison because of me. Oh, yeah. I was an informant for a lot of cases big cases and he started naming like these big dealers in the area like these big criminals in the area now Angela did not have a friendship with these massive criminals not like Mm -hmm. they were part of the same like organized crime syndicate like it wasn't anything like that but she just was really pissed off about this but she didn't show it she still continued to see him as a client she still took his money she still did her services but she would slowly get more and more pissed because she believed that he was snitching to the police not even about her she didn't even care if he snitched about her but just in general that he's just a police snitch. Now, Angela's entire code for life, she thinks this is her entire statement snitches and child molesters need to die. Listen, child molesters, I feel you, Angela. I get where the emotions are for coming from, right? Snitches? <laughs> I'm like, this is, a, I wouldn't necessarily put them on the same level in my book. Like, if I saw a pedophile and then I saw a snitch and someone was like, you can only punch one person in this room today and get away with it, I'm not gonna have a hard time debating like i'm gonna punch the child abuser so she was like those two these two groups of people they actually need to die and she felt like the state wasn't giving them death penalties so she was gonna do it that was like her entire thing she wanted to be a vigilante justice actually at one point in her life she did try to break into sex offenders homes and she robbed them she didn't kill them but she robbed them of things so at this point i mean (laughs) you're like kind of rooting for her i guess but like not really at all so the police are sitting there, and she just spilt this entire story. So they're like, wait, what? Like, you just you just told us all of this. For what reason? I mean, we had you in prison for armed robbery. You would have gotten out, and now you're just confessing to this entire murder? And she was like, yeah, well, that's what I did.
1: Wait, so she said that I killed him?
0: Yeah, because he's a snitch. And we're going to get into the oh, actual okay, torture, okay. right? So it's just like... Okay, I mean, this is really weird. I mean, the police, they were not expecting this because... Is
1: he actually working for police, though? No.
0: He... He made it up? I think uh, think it was one of those moments where he really wanted to impress Angela. Yeah. And say, like, I got you. I have connections. You know how sometimes maybe you want to do that when you have friends like us? Oh, my God.
1: So he... I mean, oh unless the police
0: are lying, which I doubt, you know, in this situation, in this particular situation, I highly doubt that they're lying. But they said that he was not listed as a law enforcement informant anywhere in their books. So oh, I mean, that
1: is so bizarre. Yeah.
0: So bizarre. So I think it de- definitely was like a moment of like, hey, like, I'm so cool. I know. And I think that makes this even more sad. So she was very straightforward. The police were not expecting this. They actually were expecting her to get, you know, lawyers involved for her to not talk, for her to be very evasive. When they sat down with her, she immediately demanded candy and soda. And so they were like, oh, God, she's got demands. They got her candy and soda. And then she just spilled the beans on everything. She just like went off on them. So they're like, OK, let's dig deeper into our past. And we need to get some evidence. We need to find the wheelchair still. We need to find out where this murder." took place because I mean I don't really know like I don't know how they could have trusted something like that she seemed weird is how everyone describes it she just seemed not normal some people describe it as erratic some people describe it as um too calm Mm -hmm. But either way it's like giving me very creepy vibes Like I wouldn't trust it immediately either Mm -hmm. So once they find out about Angela's childhood I mean her entire life She was in and out of mental institutions And then later on as an adult She was in and out of prison her entire life She was living in a situation where she would you know, commit a robbery. She would go to jail, get out, and she has no work. She has no stability. She has this drug addiction. And the only way she knows how to get money is to commit more robberies. And so it was just back to back prison time. She, she never really had like a normal life. Like I couldn't find anywhere that she was employed anywhere that she, you know, tried to settle down or got into like a serious relationship. It genuinely seemed like she was addicted to drugs, you know, committing a bunch of crimes. And she did have four children, but they were in her care at this time. So I don't know if they were in foster care. There's some sources that say that the kids were with Angela's mom, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I don't know. So they just were not with Angela. But everyone around Angela said she's relatively nice. I mean, she's kind of cool. Like, she definitely doesn't give off serial killer vibes. Like, she seems like a normal-ass person. She seems like someone who has just had it hard in life. She doesn't seem creepy. So they start searching for a lot of um, different places to try to find this wheelchair, try to find out where the murder took place, and someone actually called in a tip to the police and said, hey, I found a motorized wheelchair, like, outside of our apartment complex. You should probably come look at it. So they came, and this was the same exact apartment complex where angela simpson had a unit so they're like all right this literally looks like terry's wheelchair and now let's check out her unit now this particular unit in question was freaking weird if i walked into this unit i'd be terrified because the carpet there were just big blotches of carpet that were just removed why are you removing carpet Unless there's blood on the carpet. You can spill wine. You can Your dog can pee on your carpet. But you're not just pulling up your apartment unit's carpet unless something real crazy happened there. Mm-hmm. There was blood stains on some of the walls. Some of the remaining carpet that hadn't been pulled up yet. They had a bottle of bleach on the counter. Mm-hmm. Very little furniture. And a full floor-length mirror. This floor-length mirror is going to give you nightmares later. I mean, this is... <sighs> Okay, it's going to get sad later. I'm not going to, like, bring it down right now, okay? This entire place seems like a hideout. It seems like, okay, maybe she was using this as a getaway place. If, if something went down, she would come here and hide from the police. Or maybe she was using it for sex work. I mean, it just didn't seem like anyone was living there for the lack of furniture, the lack of, you know, clothes inside the house. Maybe she even rented this apartment unit just to kill someone or just to commit some crimes. Like, they don't really know at this point. Now, Angela starts telling the police about the actual torture because now they have all of this evidence they're like we found blood it matched Terry's blood by the way they did the testing it matched Terry why Mm -hmm. is Terry's blood in your unit I mean tell us everything that happened and she claimed the actual torture goes like this that she told Terry that she can give him free drugs and free sex in her apartment and he was like Well, yeah, I'm kind of down, right? So he starts following her across the street. And once they get inside, I mean, the whole time across the street, she's nice to him. They're just talking. They're giggling. They're laughing. And immediately when they're alone, she starts beating him on the head with a tire iron
1: are they in the apartment in the apartment she
0: she locks that apartment door and uh, she just like flips a switch she's a completely new person she starts beating him on the head with a tire iron and she said she did everything with precision she didn't want him to die she wanted him to be awake and conscious feeling every single bit of pain so for the next three whole days she started torturing him now that full-length mirror she placed his wheelchair right in front of the mirror and forced him to watch every single act of torture because, and I quote, he needed to see what he deserved. All what? because he claimed to be a police informant. All because he claimed to be a snitch. She said that he needed to see what he deserved. So I don't oh, really maybe. know. Do you yes.
1: also think like, because you say in jail, snitches are very... Yeah, they're so, like looked down upon. right? Maybe stuff. she's been in that environment for so long
0: oh maybe right you say yeah. in jail
1: snitches and pedophiles are at the yeah. b- bottom of the mm-hmm. barrel maybe that's why she's like so brainwashed in that, that could- sense
0: because i was having such a hard time with this one i was that, like that right? doesn't make any sense exactly to me. like
1: the torture thing right that's so odd yeah, maybe, maybe she they hurt. Do. she has some bad experience in jail has some yeah. i don't know
0: I mean, I mean, I can see it because even when I watch something like Prison Break and I see a snitch, suddenly yeah. I, I get real riled <laughs> up. I'm like, what's wrong with this person? This person is disgusting. <laughs> and I, I sit there and I'm like, oh God, I feel icky, right? So maybe living in that environment for that long, she just genuinely feels like snitches deserve to die, mm. which is a very, very strong statement. So I don't know the log- or the um, chronological order in the torture that takes place, but we do know that she drove a hammer or nail into his head in between his eyebrows stabbed him about 50 times a little over 50 times she pulled out each one of his teeth while making him watch the process with pliers she later claimed in an interview that this was her favorite part of the torture and then oh she would get tired God. she would lay down take a nap and then she would start all over again so for 3 days he went without water without food he was sitting there soiling himself in the wheelchair he can't flee i mean he he does have a disability even someone who was fully able bodied like i wouldn't expect them to come up with this crazy iron man you know strength to to flee this is insane eventually he became so weak and she got super pissed she was like there's no reaction There's no, you're not even crying and screaming anymore. Like this is, this is boring. So she killed him. She strangled him with an electrical cord and then she grabbed a knife and she started trying to dismember him. Now, once she starts dismembering him, her entire goal initially going into this was to completely dismember him, but it proved to be super difficult. Like it usually does to most killers who think that they're so bad and tough. So she resorted to doing half of the job. So she cut off his legs. So she starts dismembering him. She asks to borrow a friend's car. Now, it seems like this friend was probably either Edward McFarlane's car or a car that he had borrowed from another friend, right? So it seems like her connection was Edward McFarlane. She was like, hey, can I borrow a car? Mm -hmm. Places Terry into the car with the help of Edward McFarlane and then drives to the church, sets the body on fire, And they just drove away. So, I mean, I just don't know why they chose a church. Like, this is not a back-of-the-alley church. Like, this is a really big church that's known in the community. And it's kind of an open... So, I did the Google Maps. You did. Yeah, and it's not, like, in the middle of nowhere. Like, it's not in this, like, dark... Oh, you got to drive down this long, dark, you know, driveway to get to the church. It's just kind of like a church that's there.
1: Yeah. I think it would... They lit it on fire. So, they want people to see it.
0: Yeah, which which is weird to me.
1: Yeah, that's odd.
0: All of this is so odd. I I feel like honestly, she might have gotten away with it for a little bit longer if maybe she even did it in like the back of like um I don't know. Just anywhere. Anywhere but a, a church? Yeah. Now, an apartment manager of this apartment complex actually checked in on the unit because a lot of people had reported seeing smoke coming from that unit for like multiple hours, maybe even like about a day, like the day before. It was just all sorts of strange. Now, some sources say that Angela confides in the apartment manager and says, oh, yeah, that smoke It's because I killed someone and I burnt their body and I just got rid of it at the local church. But like if you tell anyone, you're next. Now, other sources say that Edward McFarlane, out of nowhere, went to the apartment manager and just started bragging about it and then at the end threatened to kill the apartment manager. Now, in most situations, I would say that this second thing about Edward going up to the apartment manager sounds like a whole bunch of crap, like a whole bunch of what the forks, Mm -hmm. but he looks like the type of person that would do that. I believe he has the C word tattooed on his neck. Like, he's just like that type of dude. What's the C word? The C-R-A-C-K-E-R. I don't know if that's a slur. I just don't want to offend anyone, right? But, like, he had that tattooed on (laughs) his neck. So, like, you can kind of tell that this is the type of person he is. He most definitely could have gotten up to the apartment manager and said, Hey, guess what I did this week? Okay. So, there were just many, many people who came forward later and said, yeah, we always thought something suspicious was going on like the past couple of days. Now, the police, they've got a slam dunk case. I mean, she's already confessed to it. I mean, people have seen weird things happening. The blood is in her apartment. The wheelchair is near the apartment building. I mean, it's all done. Okay, so some of you guys might know this and some of you might not, but I do some YouTube videos on the side sometimes and I have to do thumbnails for these videos and I'm just gonna say it outright. A lot of people know this. I am technologically not the smartest girl on the block. If you give me a picture, I can't suddenly cut out the background and add in this and add in some words. It's so complex. It feels like people make these apps to make it more confusing. And I'm like, what is the purpose? But now, now that I have Canva Pro, Honestly, I think my thumbnails are out of this world, okay? They're next level, if I can say so myself. Canva Pro is the easy to use design platform that has everything that you need to design like a professional. No matter what you're creating and sharing, they have everything you need in one place. That's my favorite part. When I was doing thumbnails prior to Canva Pro, I would have to use like five different apps to like, oh, I have to take out the background with this app and then add in words with this app. And with Canva Pro, it's all there. They also have a collection of over 75 million premium photos and videos. audios and graphics that you can use for your designs. My favorite feature is the fact that I can take out backgrounds. So when I do these like crime YouTube thumbnails, I like to put in pictures of the subject of the day and I have to cut me out and put those in the background and it makes it so freaking simple. There's literally no idea too big or too small for Canva Pro. So whether you guys are just starting out a small business or maybe you're like, I'm a student and I just want to level up my presentations. Maybe you're on a marketing team. Maybe you're trying to make your instagram more professional canva pro is the way to go design like a pro with canva pro right now you can get a free 45 day extended trial when you use my promo code so just go to canva slash rotten to get your free 45 day extended trial that's c-a-n-v-a dot m-e slash rotten. that's canva dot me slash rotten for the people in the back now what a lot of people don't know including myself Is the real reason Why this happened So we have A couple of theories The first theory Being that She's a serial killer This can't be The first time That she did it I mean she's Into the torture This is not her Just getting revenge This doesn't seem Like some sort of Street crime It doesn't seem like Oh snitches get stitches She -hmm. seems like She's loving the torture That she's inflicting On people So maybe this is Her fourth murder Maybe it's her fifth I mean the fact That she's so callous The fact that she's Just so bluntly Saying these things Maybe she even confessed to the police so that they wouldn't investigate further into her life and thought, you know what? Maybe this is better. So that's a theory. I don't necessarily believe this theory that strongly. I think that I, for some reason, I feel like this was her first murder. We'll get into it later. But, um, the next speculation or theory is that there was race involved. So Angela Simpson is a black woman and Tyler or Terry Neely is, um, he's a white man. Now, when she's asked about it, she says race is always a component. And there have been some talks that maybe he had been racist towards her. Maybe he had called her racial slurs on different occasions. I don't know, again, if that's like, I don't know if she's the type of person that would kill over that. Like, none of this makes sense. None of it makes sense of killing someone because they're a snitch, killing someone because they called you a racial slur, right? Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I'm not condoning it, but like, I just Mm -hmm. don't think you can kill someone over that. Mm -hmm. So there's another speculation that maybe he had said something to her about her children and she snapped. But again, what doesn't make sense to me is that if any of these, if he did call her a racial slur, if he did say some really, really messed up stuff about her kids, she would just kill him. Exactly. Why torture him from three days? I mean, the smell of him soiling himself, the the cries of him, you know, crying out in pain, that's not something a normal person would want to spend three days around. Mm-hmm. So Arizona actually tried to seek the death penalty on her. She was indicted for a first degree murder and a bunch of other counts of like kidnapping, um, concealment of a dead body, et cetera, et cetera. And she decided to just plead guilty. It seemed like she was never scared of the death penalty. She was like, I'm going to plead guilty. Give me the death sentence if you want. Ha ha.
1: <laughs> like, what? Was,
0: that was pretty much it. Like, she just did not care if they gave her the death penalty. And so, at sentencing, Angela said, I wish I could have kept him alive and tortured him for at least another week.
1: Wait, what?
0: Yeah. So I don't know if the judge was on to this because the judge sentenced her to the rest of her natural life in prison plus 14 years. So, yeah, the 14 years, I think, is for all the other charges. But she's going to get life imprisonment, no parole. She's going to die in prison of whatever she dies of. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people think that she wanted the death penalty because, I mean, Arizona at the time they weren't really like executing people so Mm -hmm. she would have been sat on death penalty for maybe forever maybe she would have never been executed by the state maybe she would have died on death row Mm -hmm. and death row inmates are actually separated from general population and they're treated better they have much more security they're separated they don't have to go through all of the craziness of general population of like all of these movies where they're fighting and like you're getting shivved in the yard
1: are you serious
0: so people think maybe that's she wanted it i mean she's still probably gonna just die in prison it's just do you die in prison in a condition or b condition right and she was like death row seems like a nicer condition and most likely she wouldn't actually be executed by the state Now, I don't know if the judge was on to her because they were like, you're not getting the death penalty, even though the prosecutors really, really wanted to her to have the death penalty. So she gets the rest of her natural life in prison, plus 14 years. And this is what she said about it. She said, you know, I have a lot of family in prison and I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that because I've got many sisters in prison. I can't wait to see them. It's really not that much of a punishment to be sentenced to spend the rest of my life with my family. I prefer to spend the rest of my life with my sisters, but I do believe the death penalty would have been justice. And she talks in like such a monotone way. A lot of people think that she talks like a serial killer. I think she kind of talks like a politician. So she (laughs) is, she's very collected. She's put together and she does this thing. And the minute that I do it, you're going to be like, that's a politician thing to do. Someone will be talking to her and she'll nod and she'll say, right, right, mm -hmm, right and i'm like fucking politician dude i mean that's just how i see politicians they're like right right and then she'll pause and then she'll quietly answer the question and then pause some more i mean it just so it
1: seems like she's kind of put together yeah her response
0: really put together and like almost polished psychopath if i can say that i don't want to seem like i'm like Saying she's polished or smart, but it's weird. Creepy. Yeah, like she doesn't have scattered thoughts at all. Hmm. And they're asking her insane questions and she's very calm under pressure. She's like, right, right. Well, I said what I said. Like that's her vibe the whole time. (sighs) So the first interview after her arrest, she claimed that she did this because she didn't want her children to live in a world where there are snitches. She was like, I just don't want them to live in a world where are snitches. Listen, there's so many worse people in the world. And um, she claimed that he told on a righteous person years ago. She, they asked, did you pull out his teeth? Yes. Was he watching in the mirror? Yes. Why did you do that? Because I wanted him to see what he deserves. So she talks about how she's been on medication that, um, she kind of implies that something's wrong with her, that she's mentally ill. And when they ask, like, is something wrong with you? She just kind of laughs in a very politician way, like, Haha. and she says, something's wrong with the world we live in, according to other people. Yes, something is wrong with me. And they even ask her, like, do you feel guilty about, you know, how the families of the victim is going to feel? And she said they shouldn't have bred what they bred. Now, that interview is very interesting and fascinating on its own. I mean, these are all very, very short interviews, but I highly recommend giving them the watch if you have time. But the second interview, this is where things get weird. And this is where if you didn't already have so many questions, you're going to have even more questions. So after the sentencing, she has this jailhouse interview and she's sitting there and they ask her like are you remorseful for what you did like do you feel guilty and she says why would I be remorseful he told me he was a snitch on multiple different occasions but that really doesn't matter phoenix wanted to kill me what's the difference everybody has a reason to kill so phoenix was seeking the death penalty on her so she's saying the state of phoenix wanted to kill me and I killed him what's what's it matter what's the difference everyone wants to kill someone and she says yeah she says literally phoenix wanted to kill me what's the difference everyone has a reason to kill my reason might not be good to you but your reason wasn't good to me and this is where she explains that they walked to her house and she said i don't know why the media acts like that motherfucker couldn't walk but he could walk really well that's what she says and, you know, they're like, well, a ton of people name drop. They talk a big game. I know a lot of people that, you know, lie about having connections with law enforcement. And it's just kind of like to puff themselves up. And she straight up interrupts the interviewer and says, do you happen to have a list of those people? And they're just like laughing like, no, no, no. But like, do you really think he was a snitch? Mm-hmm. And she pauses and she says, well, oops, if he wasn't. She says, oops, if he wasn't. What? <laughs> like freaking the fork out, dude. What? He, She straight up goes, oops, if he wasn't.
1: Wow. She's like, has no fear, no what is it? She has no other feelings.
0: Right? And so they also ask her like, okay, would you ever do this again? And she actually claims that she had another victim in mind. His name is Joseph. She actually listed the full name in the interview and I was like, geez, Louise. But I'm just going to call him Joseph. So she claimed it had something to do with an armed robbery. I don't know if they robbed someone together and maybe he snitched on her. I don't know if he robbed her. But for whatever reason, it had something to do with an armed robbery. And she said, and I quote, I should have killed him, but I just didn't have the time. I had somewhere to go. And they asked, will you kill again? If the opportunity arises, I hope so. Now, they cut the interview, but the cameras remain rolling. So, you know, it's like they're like, okay, like, that's good. That's good. That's with the interview. And she goes, good shit, dude. That's going to be crazy, isn't it? That's is going to be wicked. Make it look good, please. And she Did gets that switch up.
1: like her, yeah. her her mannerism. And the
0: camera zooms in on her and she sees the camera still recording and mm-hmm. now it's like moving with her because she had gotten up from her seat. Mm-hmm. And she says, What? You're gonna put this on too? No, don't put the ending in. Thank you. And then she like leaves.
1: And they were like Put that in right now. Put it up right now.
0: It's so weird. There's so many speculations now about just that interview. So now we have all these speculations and theories about why did she commit this murder? Is she really that crazy and psychopathic that she's like, Okay, I hate using the c word, but you get it. I mean, it's kind of crazy to kill someone because they're a claimed snitch, especially if they didn't even snitch on you. If you have no repercussions to their snitching, like it just all sounds weird. Mm-hmm. And so, beyond that, beyond why she killed, it's kind of like what what happened in the interview. Some people think maybe she wanted a book deal, maybe she wanted a documentary, maybe she wanted infamy to make money off of it. Well, why would you need money? Money is currency in prison. Like money is still important in prison. But not only that, she has four kids. And maybe she wanted to support them because she's going to be spending the rest of her life in jail. I'm not really sure. But Mm -hmm. that's kind of one of the theories. The second theory is that her personality is just kind of bizarre and she just likes to fuck around. Mm -hmm. Um, A lot of people kind of are on with this theory, especially um, a creator of a big show. Do you know the show Killing Eve? That we tried to watch with Sandra Oh, I love her. I mean, I love both of the actresses, but the entire show was actually based off of Angela Simpson. Like, she was inspired by Angela Simpson for her main character, Villanelle, who is the girl who's, she's like a hit woman. And she, killing
1: Eve is inspired by this well, case? Well, not
0: this entire case. So the storyline has absolutely nothing to do with Terry or this murder. But mm-hmm. they watched the interviews of Angela Simpson. And they started kind of... They got inspired for their main mm. character by Angela Simpson. And the reason that they got inspired was because when she's talking about the actual killing, she's incredibly psychopathic. She's just sitting there cold-hearted. She doesn't give a fork. She's like the judge, the jury, and the executioner. Like, she's... What is this? Like, how does... How does someone behave like this? Mm-hmm. And then immediately after, you kind of see like this bubbly giggliness. She's like, oh my God, like make it look good, please. Like that's, that's crazy. That was good, right? Mm. Like it's so And this so makes odd. it even
1: more chilling.
0: Yeah, because it's like, yes, you could say maybe she was faking the interview. But that mm. still doesn't take away from the fact that she's literally a cold-hearted killer. Yeah. So what? Like what is the point of any of this? Why, why did she leave the body so apparently in a church parking lot? Why did she murder him just for being a snitch? What was the real reason that he was murdered? Yeah. Why was he disposed of like that? Why did she just immediately confess? What are? What's with these interviews? I mean, I just don't understand.
1: Yeah, And nobody knows.
0: Nobody knows. Except her. Yeah. I find this one incredibly unsatisfying, but it was highly requested Tell me what are your thoughts on this one because i just can't put it together in my head i do feel like she's evil i don't think she was a serial killer but i think maybe she could have been a serial killer in the making and she was caught or maybe she's just so sadistic she wants people to be so scared she likes to just instill a lot of fear in people she wanted terry to feel scared for three days and then now she wants the world to feel scared because like what there are people like this that exist this is crazy lock your doors hide your wife hide your kids
1: I feel like I believe her reasoning of stitch. Snitch. S- snitch.
0: <laughs> he said
1: stitches get snitches. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe that reason. You do? I do. Because okay. it's such an odd reason. You know, mm-hmm. it's, it's not too far off, but it's also not common. And with her background, like we said, that she's been in jail mm-hmm. for so many times. I think I, I can believe that. Now, I also feel like maybe she just doesn't care about going to jail. Maybe she's been in jail for so often now. That she has friends. She feels comfortable yeah. in jail. So she's okay with being going to jail. So she's okay with confessing. And maybe with this case mm. that she knows that she will be treated well in jail because
0: oh everyone must be terrified yeah
1: no prisoner hates snitches oh,
0: snitches. snitches i'm sorry oh <laughs> uh, that makes sense so
1: she will be treated well in jail right yeah and the reason why she's telling her whole story like that is that she probably wants people to talk about her and then painted her into this crazy scary cycle. Mm. crazy killer and then she gets more street creds in jail maybe
0: yeah because she's gonna spend the rest of her life right there anyway. maybe
1: she's whole involvement is in uh-huh. we're looking at it from normal society yeah. she's looking at it from inside the walls uh. so she's like well i will i don't care like so
0: you think it's like she killed him because she believed he was a snitch yes and then now she's just trying to make the best out of this situation
1: yeah she's like this is good for me. That makes sense. This is gonna help me climb that ladder. I mean, that's just my little weird... I mean, I see it. I don't know.
0: The next story that we're going to talk about is another woman that I just don't understand. Now this woman, she just goes by the name of lady. Um, now shout out to my mom one more time because she helped me translate this case. This is a Korean case and she is known to be the most psychopathic female in South Korea. There is a rumor that circulated that she actually p- scored a perfect, a perfect score, like the highest score that you can get on the psychopath test in South Korea. Now, that has been debunked by multiple different police officers saying like um, we don't know who started this rumor so it kind of dates back to there was a news outlet who said that she ranked I think it was out of 40 and they were like oh it was like a 38 out of 40 the highest we've ever seen in a female criminal in South Korea and then eventually news outlets started running with it and then it became the perfect score the most psychopathic female in South Korea and all we can know her, by her is Lady Um her last name is Um so they call her Lady Um now we do know a little bit about her childhood and we know that it was freaking regular that's it she had a regular childhood she had a pretty decent family she was I mean financially speaking she was doing really well the family was she was tall she had a nice figure is what everyone said she had this very very pretty face it was never revealed to the public but everyone that knew her said that she had a pretty face like she had a she had very feminine features like she had these little rosy cheeks that people love. Korea
1: don't share information, right?
0: Not until they're convicted. And even if they're convicted, it depends. Like if they're convicted by, if they're like, oh, well, we think that you're insane. So you need to go to a mental hospital, then they typically won't show your face because Mm. they want you to go back into society after and not have this stain on your reputation. And, you know, for you to actually be able to go and do work, which in most situations I would completely agree with. But if you guys have been following me for a while, you know about that situation of Cho san (sighs) who... evil dude raped an eight-year-old girl in a church bathroom and he was recently released i don't know how he got released
1: yeah i wonder how yeah the whole community is doing with him
0: yeah he was released he actually got a little bit of money from um south korea has like this little fund for prisoners who get out and they want to like start their own businesses so he wanted to start a coffee shop in the same community where he committed this heinous crime (sighs) I think every every system has its ups and downs, right? So this one, I mean, I see why they do it, right? Her face was never released. Her personality was people said she was really sweet. I mean, she just seemed like a regular ass person. Now in high school, she did do some weird shit, okay? She stole um she would she would drug her friends. <laughs> And I'm laughing because I'm like, she did weird shit. Um, She did illegal, heinous stuff. OK, she would drug her friends with sleeping pills and then she would steal their credit cards while they're knocked out and go on shopping sprees, which seems really dumb because they're going to know exactly who did it. Mm-hmm. If this is a credit card. I mean, there's an entire statement of what you bought, how you spent the money. I mean, there was just a lot of theft stories in high school and she was constantly dropping out of high schools before she got kicked out. So she would drop out immediately when you know she commits this crime, go to a new high school do it again and it was constant like just right off the bat So right after graduating high school, she gets her first job as an insurance agent for two months. She worked on a couple of cases. She didn't really like climb up the ladder. She didn't like her job, but this job becomes important later because she commits so much freaking insurance fraud and she uses the knowledge that she had from being an insurance agent for even just two months and use it to manipulate the system and kill a bunch of people. It's freaking insane. So almost immediately after high school, she's working this job, she meets this man and they get married. Now he was working for for a moving service so he would just help people move he did a lot of like labor and his family was so excited about this marriage i mean she comes from a i wouldn't say it's like a well-off family but better than his family and in south korea that this is still not the most common thing i feel like it's probably more common in the u.s um but typically people like marry within their class very strictly and so they were like wow this is amazing like she really really likes you and she knows about your history so he had a couple instances where he was admitted into a mental hospital. And mm-hmm. she knew about that. She didn't care. She was like, Why would I care about that? I mean, she seemed like a nice person. That was that's a nice person's reaction, right? Mm-hmm. And so they were like, Wow, we met the best person ever. I'm so excited. So they get married, and financially speaking, they were not doing hot. They were both working, it just wasn't working out. They were always strapped for cash, but they ended up having this beautiful daughter together. And so she just, you know, Lady Um, she just put her entire life into being a good mom. And then a freak accident happened, and I don't know how this happened. Other than the fact that it's been stated that her daughter fell from a desk, like a desk, and then she died. So Hmm. I don't know, maybe there were, you know, different, they don't really go in depth on that part. So her daughter passed away. And a lot of people stated that from this point on lady, um, she just was super depressed, which is so understandable. She started getting psychiatric help. She started getting on meds for her depression. And this is when shit starts really hitting the fan. So April of 2000, she pushes her husband. She just straight up pushes him. They were walking outside. I think that he had taken some sleeping pills that she had administered into his food and drink. That's her favorite thing to do. And they're walking outside and she just out of nowhere pushes him with all of her freaking strength. He knocks to the cement floor and he gets a concussion. So he goes to the hospital and he starts getting treated. Now she's there by his side like, baby, it's going to be okay. Like Lady I'm like, I can't believe this happened to you. Like, were you drunk or something? What happened that night? You must be so tired from moving And he was just like, yeah, that was weird, right? So then he wakes up. He goes back from the hospital and she pushes him again, gives him some sleeping pills, just knocks him over. I'm talking full force. So he again gets admitted into the hospital. And he doesn't
1: recall all of that. No, no he okay. was just
0: like this is weird or at least to my knowledge he wasn't telling anyone okay. so it maybe he had his suspicions but he wasn't telling the police he wasn't telling doctors or nurses you know and she was also there the whole time like oh my god just really being like that doting wife like his family would come visit and she was constantly by his bedside like oh don't move like what do you want water I'll get you water mm-hmm. you know like kind of one of those situations so during this she files for insurance because you know he had an accident he's a labor worker he does a lot of labor he mm-hmm. can't work right now so so she gets money. She gets a couple thousand dollars from this. Now, it's strange that That's her husband-
1: a bizarre way to- <laughs>
0: To make money.
1: To fraud the, the insurance, the insurance company, right? Yeah, but it gets like, even weirder. Because I've heard people who, like, you know, you yeah. pretend you're- But this was a, not only I'm going to hurt you, like, I'm yeah. going you not, to- You're not even going to know that I hurt you. Yeah. And then, wow.
0: This one's weird. And, like, the only thing I've ever learned from just, like, being around people- Being on this earth is like you can try to defraud anyone. You can try to defraud me. You can try to defraud the government. But don't defraud an insurance company because those I think that the top private investigators, they all work for insurance companies. They need to start working on crimes, but they're out here making sure that you actually have a limp before they pay you out that's their thing they will follow you they will stalk you make sure you got a full limp if you said you got a limp you better be limping everywhere you go you better be limping inside your house if your windows are open close those curtains Insurance fraud is a crazy thing. So, I mean, she gets thousands of dollars and her in-laws weren't even suspicious. Nobody was being suspicious about any of this. So a lot of people thought, you know, because he has this history of going to hospitals for mental health reasons. Maybe he was falling. Maybe he was injuring himself. Like that was kind of like this question. Now, less than a month later, again, he has fed a ton of sleeping pills. And when he was knocked out, I have never heard of something like this. She lifted up his eyelids and started poking his eye with safety pins while he's unconscious from sleeping pills. And when he woke up the next morning, his eyes were incredibly swollen and he was blind from, he was fully blind in one eye and like partially blind in another. Some things just have some magic in them, okay? When you are inside of a soul cycle, when you're cycling along with this instructor who's hyping you up, who's like, yes, you. You can push harder. You've got this music, this insane playlist. Your heart's pounding and you're like pushing yourself. That is the feeling that I have been trying to recreate for this entirety of the pandemic. And I have tried so many things at home. I was like, listen, I bought a bike. I'm gonna go bike outside. That didn't really work. And I just really missed my workout right I just missed my favorite fitness instructors. I just missed the energy. So now you can actually do that at home. The SoulCycle at-home bike converts your home into a SoulCycle studio. They've got this crazy 21-inch touchscreen that houses a revolutionary sound system, and it's specifically engineered for this bike. It's got SoulCycle's iconic playlist. You get unlimited access to live and on-demand SoulCycle classes. You can clip in with your favorite instructors and be transported to the front row of the studio on your schedule. Your monthly membership also gives you unlimited access to the Equinox Plus app where you can stream classes from other top tier brands like Equinox, Rumble, TB12, Pure Yoga, and Solid Core. I just like never run out of things to do. I pretty much target every single part of my body that I want to and it's really enjoyable. You can get your SoulCycle at-home bike in just one to three weeks and they have financing options available to make attaining your goals achievable. I love using the Equinox Plus app. We used to actually be members there and all of their classes. Oh my gosh. All of their workouts, it just gets you in the zone. It hits different. <laughs> get your SoulCycle at-home bike today by visiting mysoulcyclebike.com slash rotten and use promo code rotten to get a complimentary pair of at-home select cycling shoes with your purchase. That's mysoulcyclebike.com slash rotten promo code rotten to get a complimentary pair of cycling shoes with the purchase of your SoulCycle at-home bike. mysoulcyclebike.com slash rotten promo code rotten For the people in the back. So what's very interesting is at the time in Korea, and I don't know if this has changed since then, the highest payout in insurances is when someone dies. The second is when someone is, they go blind, is the second highest payout. Uh But
1: nobody... had a suspicion
0: no so he gets taken to the hospital he goes completely blind family was not suspicious at all she's sitting there like that's okay like imagine they are not making good money he's a labor worker like i mean this is intense now he's blind like how is he gonna find work this is gonna be so stressful and she's like no 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 it's okay like i'm gonna work i'm gonna provide for us i'm gonna stick by his side the whole time like his like his parents were just wowed at this girl they were like lady oh i'm like holy shit you're probably the best person alive i mean i feel like most partners should do this for each other but i'm just saying they were just actually very grateful for her they were like this is i can't believe it
1: so not only she's committing this insane crime yeah. but she's also giving an oscar performance
0: oscar winning Oscar winning performance so one month later of him being completely blind she starts cooking some oil on the stove Uh and I don't know if she was like trying to deep fry something um probably maybe not but she decided randomly in the middle of this action that she was going to grab this entire pan of hot oil that was cooking up and while her husband was sleeping she poured it all over his, his face he had severe burns all oh my over God. his face. At this
1: point, he still has no suspicion? And
0: see, again, I don't know. I don't know if maybe he had some suspicion, if maybe he was just so defeated he couldn't really do anything. But what's interesting is that the insurance payouts in Korea went like this. You get the most money for a death. You get the second most money for blindness. Third, burns. Severe burns. And so he gets admitted into the hospital. Now you're thinking, okay, like people are going to get suspicious. But again, people were like, well, look at his record. He has been admitted into the hospital multiple times for mental health reasons. He's probably hurting himself. And then another thing was, well, he just lost his eyesight maybe a month ago. Maybe he was cooking, fell into the oil, and he didn't even like refute this. He wasn't sitting there like, no, like I was sleeping like she did it. This is the devil. Like he didn't do any of that. So again, I have no idea how she was able to control him in that way. It seems like maybe She's just like this Really evil abusive person Behind closed doors Maybe he was terrified For his life I could believe that And so he just sat there And didn't say anything So the hospital They send him home After treating his burns Now a few months after that um, Oh
1: my god Stop that Yeah
0: She feeds him sleeping pills And she straight up Goes into the kitchen Grabs a knife And stabs her sleeping husband In the stomach With the knife And she immediately calls Iliriku, Which is Uh, 119. I don't know why the translation took so long. Sorry. So she immediately calls 119. They rush him to the hospital. And I mean, you're thinking, okay, well, somebody's got to be alarmed by this. This is insane. But she comes up with this crazy excuse that her husband is so depressed. You know, he just lost his eyesight and, you know, he he's disfigured from the severe burns and he's just resorting to self-harm and he's always been kind of sick in the head. So I think maybe he just wants attention and the hospital's like, yeah, like sounds about right. So they just all believe it, even the husband's family and parents. So then, and the
1: insurance company are constantly paying.
0: Yeah, which I guess like maybe this is why they have private investigators. But I do know that during this time, in like the early two thousands and the nineties, there was a lot of insurance fraud in Korea. So maybe they hadn't gotten like their system down right, where the insurance company was like, oh, we should stalk these people. Which, mm-hmm. I'm not saying that's the right way to do it, but you get it. And so, again, he would come randomly to the hospital for other injuries. There were a couple more stabbings involved. So they weren't like deep stabbings. And then finally, in March of 2002, he was at the hospital getting his stab wound treated. And he eventually passed away. So she had stabbed him again. He went to the hospital, got it treated, and he passed away.
1: And the doctors has no suspicion either. Yeah. Nobody
0: which I just don't okay. understand.
1: So this is her first uh, murder then. Yeah. I mean, and she got away with it. So
0: there are some speculations that maybe her daughter was murdered, but I don't know. I I kind of believe the idea that her daughter was not murdered and that yeah. that's where everything just fell apart for her.
1: Cuz she did this unless she got paid out. She did. Oh, but I don't know. Right. I don't know. So But okay. <laughs> okay, no. Maybe either <laughs> she's that evil that she killed yeah. her daughter for money or it was a really bad accident and maybe that's where she got the, got the idea because let's say this tragedy yeah brought her money
0: and i think maybe it i don't like to speculate especially because i don't have kids but maybe it was a situation of she marries this man they have a kid and she's like i'm gonna be this amazing mom like i'm gonna this is our family unit and then her daughter dies she gets paid out and i'm sure with financial stress comes a lot of relationship stress and she's like fork this dude and instead of divorcing him like a normal person she was like you know what i might as well make some money out of this I'm just trying to think like a psychopath. That's kind of what I'm thinking. I don't know. So she'll claim hundreds of thousands of dollars in insurance money from this. So in total, when she gets arrested, she had about $700,000 worth of insurance money claimed. Now she would go and blow it. Like, that was her thing. So the in-laws, she gets this insurance money. And the in-laws still love her. They just feel like she's this amazing great daughter-in-law that just spent the past couple of years struggling alongside of their son. I mean, how how do you find a woman who sticks by their husband, you know, during times like this? Wow, amazing. And at the funeral, she's crying, crying, crying. It was, like, super emotional. And then the next day, she goes to a nightclub. And then she keeps going to more nightclubs because she's all about that party life. She's like, I'm a free woman now and she finds a new boyfriend at one of these nightclubs so we're just gonna call him john so she finds this new boyfriend john and she does not tell him about any of the past she doesn't tell him that she was married once before he just recently died like literally i came from the funeral in my little black dress to the nightclub like she doesn't tell him any of that she doesn't tell him that oh i used to have a kid and she passed away because these are really important life events that you would want a potential significant other to know because that's how you grow a relationship like you need to know these things about each other right but she didn't Tell him any of that instead she lied about her family she said that her family were rich and that she was going to get a 1 million dollar inheritance soon like mm. really soon so he was I like see. wow that's insane and then she was like also also also
1: like- <laughs> looking at you about to be 2 million
0: <laughs> whoa <laughs> dark humor. Sorry. (laughs) That's how we get through. Yeah, she's like, also, I graduated from this very prestigious school, and I work for, I work with children. I work at, like, this uh, children's nursery or something like that, and he's like, wow. So, you work with children. You're such a giving person. I mean, if you work with children, you're probably already to be a mom, and I'm looking for, I'm looking for a future wifey. Like, you're so wifey material. You know, that type of conversation. You have this crazy degree. You come from a really, really good family. I mean, this is insane. She even, with the insurance money from her last husband's death that she murdered from her last murder she buys him an suv she's like here's a present here's a car so i mean there's no reason for him to not believe that he just hit the jackpot Mm -hmm. i mean he thought that he met the most perfect woman ever he thought he met cinderella at a nightclub he was like this is it so they start dating and they're like okay we're gonna start a little family together and then all of a sudden her boyfriend john you know he takes some sleeping pills and then he gets pushed really hard really, really hard. And he fractures his entire tailbone and he gets this massive concussion and he is rushed to the hospital. Now he's laying in that hospital bed. He can't even move because his tailbone is broken. I, I, uh, th- the pain I can't even imagine. Right. And so she goes to the courthouse and is somehow able to convince them or provide proof that they've been living together for a really long time. All of these other things gives really good excuses and they give her a marriage certificate while he's in the hospital so she gets married to him While he's laying in the hospital bed With Mm -hmm. a broken tailbone Now Mm -hmm. I saw a couple different sources Right so my mom saw some sources In Korean that were like he had no idea about this Right he had no idea that they were ever Legally married Mm -hmm. whereas I saw some Other sources that say that he eventually Found out about it and he was kind of you know More on the the touch side he was like Wow that's crazy like I'm having health Issues and she cares so much That she wants to be there with me She Mm -hmm. wants to legally bind ourselves And I mean this is insane like this is a symbol of love if this isn't someone who's so selfless i don't know what is
1: yeah if this is not love i don't want it yeah
0: if you know you're not dragging me up i don't want it i guess like it's this is (sighs) sorry i think we're making so many dark humor jokes because i just can't even wrap my head around it it doesn't even feel real in this situation because who is this Evil and heartless, right? And so there's another incident. So he's taken out of the hospital, he's, he's discharged, and she feeds him more sleeping pills. And then she does the same thing she lifts up his eyelids and pokes his eyes with a safety pin and he goes blind so she he's rushed to the hospital and she's just sitting there concerned wife taking care of this you know taking care of her husband the whole time so after he goes blind you know there's other hospital visits we have the oil on the face other small injuries that are unexplainable and family thought that this was kind of a learning curve again you know he had you know he lost his eyesight now he has some oil issues like he had he had burns on his face he was trying to cook maybe And he's just trying to learn how to live life again. Right. Mm -hmm. And all these other small injuries, maybe he tripped, maybe he bumped into something. I mean, there's there's a reason for all of this. That's what they thought. And so the last time he was hospitalized, he had this really, really bad infection. And they all said that he was going to be fine. But the next morning they get a call and he died in the hospital. Now, during all of this, Lady is pregnant. And the family feels really bad for her. So, John's family, they feel so bad for her and they tell her listen you should get an abortion and just tell everyone that you had a miscarriage. So in Korea, it's a little bit different. I know that this was still in like the 2000s and I'm sure that there are so many people in America that kind of still think like this too, but it's it's hard. It's hard to date as a single mother. I'm sure everyone can relate to that. That's a single mom, right? It's hard to date as a single mother. A lot of traditional Koreans will frown upon it. They're like, really? Like, you shouldn't be marrying someone who has a kid from a different marriage, right? Even if Mm -hmm. that person had passed, like it's always seen as like a, whoa, this is crazy crazy, right? I hope things are getting better and I I don't really know it like that, but you get what I'm saying. So they tell her, don't have the baby, just tell people you miscarried, move on with your life. I mean, it'll still be good for you. You're pretty, you're young, like you're going to find a husband and you can start this new family and you don't have to be, you know, struggling at all. And mm-hmm. she says, "No, no, no, no. I I loved your son so much and I I want to have this baby. I want to feel connected to him, you know? I just want to feel like I he's still with me and his soul is living on inside of this kid. Mm -hmm. And everyone was like, wow. I mean, that's, that's, I can't believe you'd want to do that. That's beautiful. So nobody suspects anything weird happened. Mm -hmm. And then she takes out life insurance and immediately disappears. And this is when John's parents are like, what the fork? Where'd she go? She's not picking up the calls. We wanted to still, you know, see our grandkid once she pops out that baby. But also, They didn't know that they were married So they're like so now everything Is looking a little bit different because we thought That you guys weren't married and there was no Life insurance on the table and now we're Finding out that you guys got married when he was already Admitted in the hospital for his first Suspicious injury that all started When he started dating you like They were getting really freaked out They find out that she had never graduated from college There was no inheritance that she was Going to get she didn't even have a job at the Time so they start really Really panicking meanwhile lady she doesn't freaking care she's so busy partying the whole time she's spending the money on clothes lavish events she's partying and eventually she runs out of a lot of the money so she goes back to the parents and she's got this kid now right and her dad had passed away and it doesn't seem like she murdered her dad but her dad had passed away so it's just her mom and her brothers there and she had given her mom pomegranate juice that was laced with sleeping pills and she poked her eyes with needles took her to the hospital and claimed the insurance money of her mom going blind so now she's like hey brothers i'm gonna actually be staying inside this house with my kid now because i'm taking care of mom you know she's elderly she's blind now so i gotta do things around the house and one day she's drinking beer with her brother at night and she placed some sleeping pills into the drinks he passed out and she poured hydrochloric acid in both of his eyes and he became completely blind suffered severe burns on his face and while he was recovering at the hospital she tried to overdose him with something in his IV. but thankfully he survived like immediately when she put this like it seemed to be some sort of poison right into the iv like all of the hospital staff were alerted that he was like freaking out like his body was reacting right Mm -hmm. and so he survived and nobody suspected her she was the recipient of that insurance money as well of blinding her brother. And now she's like, Oh, I'm just going to take care of my family members because they're going blind. And I don't know why. Right. And Mm -hmm. she takes over all of the estate. Now I'm not going to say it's a large estate, but they did have property. Mm. So she was like, she kept telling them, don't worry guys, I'm going to sell some of the property and I'm going to buy a house in the main city so that I can work and take care of you guys. And we're all going to live together because they were living like outside the city at this point. And, um, finally, you know, they keep asking, like, when When are we going to move? You know, when are we going to move? I thought you sold the place. When are we going to move? And um, she's like, well, shit this is a lot of heat because I don't have a place. <laughs> I sold the place because I just wanted money. I didn't, I didn't get a place. I didn't use that money to get a place inside the city. Like, I just wanted to sell the place for money. So she starts panicking because, you know, the deadline's coming up and her brothers are all in the apartment and she goes over, feeds them this really healthy juice laced with sleeping pills. They pass out and she lights the place on fire. Now, her older brother is completely blind, but he was able to put out the fire, but both of her brothers had severe burn damage. And Wait, there's they were, two brothers. Yeah, they were hosp- one of them was not blinded, oh. but both of them they were hospitalized with burns and smoke inhalation for weeks.
1: At this point, do they have any clue?
0: at this point, they get weird. Yeah, they get suspicious. Now, around this time, her son was also getting sick, right? So her son with her boyfriend, John, he actually was diagnosed with Kawasaki disease, which is usually treatable. So I googled it. Now, I'm not going to say that every person who's diagnosed with this disease gets treated and they survive or that it does is not harmful or it's not something horrible to go through, right? But it does seem that it is treatable. It does seem that you go through the pain, but it's not its not fatal most of the time. And mm-hmm. to even be diagnosed with it, I think there's only 20,000 cases in the U.S. per year, so it's considered a very rare disease. Mm-hmm. And so she spent a lot of money on all of this shopping and all of this other th- things, and so she just didn't have a ton of money for his hospital bills. And he somehow ended up dying, which is strange. So she was never charged for his death, but... I mean, it was a treatable disease. There was no indication from any doctors that it was becoming fatal. Like it was really, really like the worst stage of this disease that they've ever seen. It was just kind of strange.
1: And she got paid out too.
0: Yes. So around this time, you know, her brothers were in the hospital and there's just a lot going on. She feels like she can't go back to her family because they know what's going on with her. Right. So she catches up with a friend who she had known since she was a child. And she was like, hey, listen, a lot of shit's happening in my life. Like, what do I do? What do I do? And she's like, here, you can stay with me like I get it. You can stay with me and my husband and my kids because, I mean, I've known you forever. I just don't want you to feel like you're alone in any of this. Like, I can't believe that, you know, your boyfriend died and your son died. This is this is so sad. So she stays inside the house for about a month and finally her friend's like hey so it's like been a month and you said that you were only gonna stay for like a week or two and I, you know my kids and it's just a lot like do you mind if maybe maybe I can help you get like a hotel room for a couple of days and then we can try to figure it out from there like she was being really really kind about it but for some reason Lady On was like oh yeah like I'll just pack my things and get out today now that same day that she was really upset that she had to leave she lit the entire sofa in their living room on fire and the house started burning now the husband of the friend he died while he was getting treated for severe burns because of this house fire her friend and the two kids they were hospitalized for weeks because of this house fire it was, was fine yes it was a really intense house fire now this is weird because this seemed like her first weird crime of passion because there was no insurance money involved she wasn't going to benefit from it it just it seemed like she was just truly evil and she was angry and she was like you know what i'm just going to kill people right yeah so lady um at this point she's super suspicious the family the entire family that had just witnessed this her friend is like okay I think something's wrong with you. She wants to talk to the police because I kicked her out this day and suddenly our house is on fire and now my husband has passed. Like, this is what I... Can you imagine just, like, graciously letting people stay with you and this is what happens? Like, I can't... OK, I'm so mad. <laughs> and so Lady Um decides, all right, well, the only way that I'm going to get out of this situation is if I kill my friend and the kids, because they're going to talk to the police and they know me by name. I've known them since I was kids. So she decides the only way to kill them without drawing the suspicion on her is to catch the entire hospital on fire. So she goes into the staircase and she starts spraying oil all over the staircase and she sets the oil on fire. Now, I don't know if she's dumb, but hospitals have CCTV everywhere.
1: So, so it's th- on CCTV? Of
0: her just spra- spraying the oil on the staircase and setting it on fire. Hospitals also have, like, really strict protocols on fire. So thankfully, th- can you imagine? But thankfully, nobody got hurt. Because fires are one of the most no, dangerous things to evacuate all of these patients. A lot of them are bedridden. Like, it... Yeah. A lot of them need to be hooked up to machines. Like, it, yeah, so they were able to put out the fire. It wasn't a destructive fire, but they had the CCTV footage. They're looking for this woman, the little brother at the hospital. Um, I believe he had been discharged at this point. He was the one that didn't go blind, but he was like, yeah, that's my sister. Like, I am positive it's her. She has been doing this to our family. He, she, he just told him everything. He was like, and you know what? I think her marriages have been suspicious because she had a boyfriend, died. Her first husband dead her kids dead like it's weird it's weird and all everyone in her life that she loves is blind like what's going on so she immediately gets arrested and she starts coming up with the craziest story she's like i set all of these fires because i see my dead daughter in the flames and i just want to see my daughter i miss my daughter so much and every time i see fire and flames i see her just standing there laughing like a carefree kid Okay, but what about the blindness? Like what about the insurance money because yeah. maybe maybe we can believe that. Maybe. I mean, it's it doesn't justify anything or excuse your behavior, but maybe we can believe that. But what about like the blindness, the oil, the insurance money? Like what's what's up with that? And she said, "Well, because I lost my kid, I'm addicted to drugs and I need money for drugs to get rid of all the trauma." of losing my kid. Now, I don't want anyone to think that I am not sympathetic for losing your kids, but in this situation, I don't know how the kids passed. So it's Mm -hmm. hard to be sympathetic. You know, if it really was, they passed away, it was an accident, or it was, you know, a disease, then of course I'd be sympathetic, but she's really suspicious, okay? Mm -hmm. And so... They're like, yeah, I'm just I'm just addicted to drugs because it's the only thing that numbs the pain. So they do a drug test on her and there's no drugs in her system. Like not not one thing at all. She had no symptoms of hallucinations. They kept her um, under surveillance. She had no symptoms of withdrawal. So if you are a drug addict, we are we're surveilling you. You're not getting any drugs. You're going to have withdrawal symptoms like that's how drugs work. Right. There was no evidence that she ever had prolonged drug use in her entire life. And she claims, oh, I take this like medicine that like hides drugs in my drug test. And every every person out there (laughs) is like, where can we buy those? Okay, where can I buy those right now? Drop the Addy. So they're like, all right, that seems fake and crazy. And she tried to plead insanity for her crimes, that she blamed her children's death for all of her actions. She lashed out at all of these loved ones because of the trauma of losing her kids. And the judge didn't really buy it. So she was sent to prison where she will probably spend the rest of her life. And she was diagnosed with um, being a psychopath and having borderline personality disorder. And in total, in all of this, she had received close to $700,000 in insurance money. So, my whole thing is, I don't understand these two people, these two cases. Yeah. How did they think that they were going to get away with it? And, I mean, what? That's
1: crazy, like, what this woman did. That is very, very rare to hear a story like that, huh?
0: I think it was... I don't want to say a perfect storm, but it had also to do with like the insurance, the way that it was working in Korea at the time also wasn't as strict as it is now. So I I I just can't imagine how she was getting away with all of this. Insurance companies don't want to pay out for anything.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: But they were just like, here, take our money. So maybe it was like it just was overlooked at the time. And maybe I mean, she really people said she was really playing that part well. Of this, wow, just supportive, selfless wife who is like, I don't care. I said through sickness or health or whatever that vow was, I said that and I'm gonna be here with you, baby. If you guys have any idea, let me know. And I hope you guys enjoyed today's episode and I'll see you guys this weekend for the mini Bye.